Um, I see a lot of fatherly things in this passage, and um, you know, my my quest has always been for a man to change his character. Always, if you've ever heard, if you listen to any of my messages, you'll find that character means a lot to me. Uh, you may be gifted; you can sing, you can dance, you can jump, you can do whatever, but. If your character doesn't line up with Christ, then I believe that that's what really makes a person is their character. And Paul here in the book of Philippians gives us a good example here. So let's look at it. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 19. It says, but I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly so that I also may be encouraged when I learn of your condition. He says, for I have no one else of kindred spirit or like-minded who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. For they all seek after their own interests, not those of Christ Jesus. But you know of his proven worth that he served with me in the furtherance of the gospel. Watch this. Like a child serving his father. I want to talk about this morning the characteristics of a godly father. The characteristics of a godly father. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your grace and mercy. We ask now that you'd bless now the preaching of your word. Touch each and every person here right now. Clear their minds and hearts. Holy Spirit, you have your way in this house today. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the praise. Thank you for the dance. Thank you now for the word of God. Would you preach now, Lord? Would you be the preacher now? May I decrease and may you increase. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God will last forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, and thank God. You may be seated in the presence of God, amen. The characteristics of a godly father. Thank you, ushers. The characteristics of a godly father. You know, fathers, you know, I think the ones that do a good job don't get much credit. I must say that. Uh, because fathers today are in the minority, um, the fathers that have stepped up fathers that have done a good job don't really get the credit that I believe that they deserve. I believe that a father is an important factor to the home. Many children today lack the presence, amen, of a father. As a result, they spend the rest of their lives trying to find Amen. Validation. 
I believe God set it up this way where uh, children would look to their mothers but lean on their fathers. And today the enemy has attacked the home. As a matter of fact, he started this attack in the garden. In the Garden of Eden when God came, and I talked about this yesterday, he said, this is what he said. He said, he said Adam, where are you? It seems like the man, men have abandoned their post as fathers. Listen, you can make a child, amen, but you gotta, it takes something to be a father. It takes something. I'm not just talking about child support. I'm talking about giving this child the emotional, the uh, spiritual influence that they need in their lives. And I believe that as a godly father, there are some characteristics that we must look for. The question today, if you're a father, is it too late to be an influence in the life of your children? And the answer to that, amen, it's never too late. Amen. So today I want to discover, I want to look at, there are about six characteristics of a godly father that I see. I, I believe the first thing that a man needs to do is he needs to come to know the Lord. Amen. There's no way that you can be a godly father if you don't know Jesus. And here's the thing. You can say that you know Jesus, but if you're not in church serving God and living for him and, you know, learning as you teach your family, amen, then I question your faith, amen, because I believe, and as I said yesterday, it takes something for a man to submit to another man. It takes something. It takes something for a man to come and sit under the teaching of another man and take instructions from another man, amen. I believe that that's, that, that's big on, on, you know, when I, when I wasn't saved, I, I could not see myself, Amen. Sitting in church and listening to, you know, and, and, and you know, you know how you hear all the bad, you know, when you're not saved, it's funny how you hear all, why there's not a lot of godly men today because all they hear is the bad stuff about church. All they hear is, oh, no. And then the ones that do go to church, when they leave church, they don't show the characteristics. And so there are, some characteristics of a godly father that I believe that if you exemplify these things, amen, not only will it impact your family, but it, it can impact the world. I believe that men have a great opportunity, amen. They have a great opportunity to, to bring about change in the life of their family, in the life of this, in the life of society, I believe men play a big part in that. But isn't it amazing today how so many men, so many fathers, have abandoned their posts? And what they don't realize is that the the the, the, the aftermath. You see what I'm saying? You come through, a storm can come through, but it's the it's the rebuilding. It's the it's the aftermath that, 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 listen, that the child has to deal with. Amen. And so I believe that most men struggle 
with one issue. <laughs> and that is what Paul is talking about in Philippians chapter 2 when he begins writing. You know what he's, you know what he's talking, talking to them about? Remaining humble. I believe that most men struggle with that issue of humility. Paul begins chapter 2 and he says, Therefore, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if any uh, affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind. Maintaining the what? The same love. United what? In spirit, intending on what? One purpose. Look what he says in verse 3. He says, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility in mind, regard one another as most important. Paul says this in chapter, in verse 3, but go to verse 14. He says in verse 14, he says, do all things without what? See, isn't that something? Men, we struggle with that. We struggle with this humility piece. Paul says, listen, I want you to have joy. The absence of joy says that there's something else going on in our lives. Paul is laying out, he states the purpose that he writes to the Philippian church. But let me tell you why he's writing, where he's writing from. He's writing from a Roman prison. And what he's doing now is he's, he wants to know, listen, here's a, now I want to use Paul in a, as a spiritual father to this church in, Philipp, Philipp, in Philippi. And he hadn't seen this church in a long time. I'm going somewhere with this. Amen. <laughs> right? And, 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 and being that he's in prison, amen, for the, for the gospel, that is. He says, I can't come to you, amen, so, but I, I'm still concerned about you. I'm going, where, I'm going somewhere. Just because you're not with the baby mama no more. Come on, somebody. I'm going to talk for real now. Can I, get on, can I get on real today? Is that okay? Amen. Doesn't mean you ought not to show no concern. Amen. Just because you don't get along with the baby mama doesn't mean it's not your responsibility to take care of that child. And I'm not talking about taking care. I'm talking about emotionally. I'm talking about your presence, gentlemen. Amen. It's just because you can't get along with her doesn't mean the child's not yours. Paul had birthed this church and he assumed the responsibility. But what was happening was there were some issues that were coming up, watch this, in the home, in the, in the church. And as a result of that, here he is in prison writing, isn't that something? That here's a man who was persecuted for righteousness sake, but yet he took time, watch this, to find out how they were doing. To encourage them. Gentlemen, I want to say something to you. Sometimes you just got to pick up the phone and call. Make that phone call and say, how you doing? Just, if you can't physically be there, watch this, text them. <laughs> There's so many ways to communicate today, right? And, and, and so I'm laying the, the foundation here. And 
one of, one of the main things that Paul addresses in this chapter is humility. Watch this. That, when, that no matter what we face in life, here's his exhortation to us, men and women and children. Stay humble. Remain humble. Most men struggle with this. Watch this. So many men have abandoned the faith because they refuse to be humble. They refuse to submit themselves to God. Paul is writing to them, and I want to say this. If you and I are going to be godly fathers, we must display and develop these characteristics. And the, I believe the first characteristic is that we must remain humble. Humility has to be part of our makeup. You know how you became, become humble? Serve others. Paul says, look what he says here. He says, do, verse 14, he says, do all things, not some things, without what? Grumbling and disputes. So watch this, so that you, may, you will what? Prove yourself to be what? Blameless and innocent children of who? See, here's the thing. Sometimes what we see out here, people who are in church calling themselves children of God, men who call themselves children of God. Listen, as a child of God, you will have the characteristics. Come on, somebody. Of God. And we share some of those attributes with God. Look what he said. He says, he says, be innocent, be blameless, and innocent children of God. Above what? Reproach in the midst of a what? Crooked and what? Perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world. Isn't that something? You know what he's saying? He's saying that, listen, gentlemen, men, people of God, that we know that the world is corrupt. We expect that from the world. But from a child of God, God expects light. In other words, when you walk in a room, does it light up? Amen. When you get around the world in a crooked and perverse generation, will it light up, I should say? Amen? So Paul says, Paul says, listen, they were being persecuted. The church was coming under persecution. They were being lied on. They were, you know what I mean, they were in the world and stuff was happening. But here's what he says. He says, keep your composure. Now the question is, what are these characteristics? What are these characteristics? If you look at, if you look at verse, look, look, look what he says here. Watch this. Watch verse 16. He says, holding fast to the what? May I say something to you? Here's how you make it through those tough days. Hold on to the word of life. Notice the two connection. Whenever you see a child of God, you should see light and you should see life. Oh, come on, somebody and say amen with me. We should see what? Light. And we should see what? Life. Watch this. In the midst of a what? Crooked and perverse world. Look what he says. He says, so that the day of Christ I will have reason to do glory because I did not what? 
run in vain nor toil in vain. But even if I'm being, now here he was in the Philippian jail, right? No, I'm sorry, in jail in Rome, right? And here's what was happening to him. He was being poured out as a sacrificial offering. But yet his concern was for his spiritual children in Philippi. I wish I had somebody. And he was telling them, this is what he was saying. He's saying, listen, display the character, amen, that I have instilled in you through the word of God. And so the question now is, what are those characteristics? Let's, let's look at them. So in verse 19, look what he says. He says, he says but I hope in the Lord... <clears throat> Jesus, to send who? Timothy to you what? Now, let me tell you about Timothy for a minute. First of all, Timothy was Paul's spiritual son. Timothy grew up in a, in a Christian home. His grandmother and his mother were strong Christians. Do you know where his daddy was? His daddy was in the home, but he wasn't saved. And he was more influenced into the, he was a strong Christian. Grew up in the word of God. It's found in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Watch this. He grew up in church. He grew up in the faith, right? And now he had been with Paul for 10 years going around starting churches. As a matter of fact, when they founded this church in Philippi, Timothy was there with them, right? Watch this now, watch this. I'm going somewhere. Isn't it amazing that the pastor has more influence on your child than you have on your own child? That's pretty deep. See, here's the here's thing. He's in a home with a, with a, with a pagan dad. His dad did not step up and influenced his life. But Paul did. His mother did. His grandmother did. Watch this. He, watch this now. Watch this. He grew up in this home for 10 years. They worked together in ministry. And here's the thing. He had a great, Paul had a great fatherly impact on him. But here's the thing I see in verse 1, right? In verse 19. He says, but I hope in the Lord Jesus... To send who? Why would he want to send Timothy when there was a whole bunch of other disciples around? Because he trusted Timothy. Because Timothy displayed the characteristics of him. Oh, I want to tell you, fathers, you have a great impact. Matter of fact, your children are a reflection of you. And if you are a godly man, the first thing we see, the first characteristics First characteristic that I see here is that I see, number one, he cares. He cares, so what does he do? He gives his best. Amen. Fathers, you, we can tell if you care by what you give, but not just what you give, but giving your best. Are you with me? Here's the thing. Fathers, your children wants to know, do you really care? 
That's all they really want to know. And as a godly father, listen, care is not just providing money and child support. Paul could have sent anybody, but he sent the best. He said, you know what? I'm going to send Timothy. Listen, above everyone, Timothy displayed the characteristics. Who else can I send? I have no one else to send. And I'll show you why in a minute. And, but, but, but Paul cared enough that he did not give, you know, just mediocre. He did not give his leftovers. He did not give. And so as a godly father, we give our best to our family. Listen, I'm not just talking about finances. We give the best. Why do we give the best? Because, listen, if we love we should give our best. But oftentimes it's very difficult for men to, you know, this word care, you know, it's like a soft word, you know. It's like one of those girly words, you know, care. I mean, seriously, I do care. You know what I mean? I pay child support. I, you know what I mean? I pay medical. I pay, 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 pay. You can't pay, pay for love. Come on, somebody. We dealt with this stuff with the big D, but here's the thing, a, a a godly father or a godly man, he cares. In other words, he does not just turn the other way. Look what he says. He says, but I hope to send, by hoping the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly. Look what he says. So that I also may be encouraged when I learn of your what? Condition. See, it's more than just buying stuff. It's, it's the next thing I see. Not only does he care, he cares, but the next thing is he is compassionate. So he puts what? Relationships before results. He's compassionate. Paul's compassion for these people were great. He, he, watch this. he was not concerned about what they gave him because, watch this, the Philippian church was the only church that outgave all the other churches and, and supported Paul on all of his journeys. He was not concerned about what they were, what they were giving him. He was, watch this, he, he really, watch this, was concerned about the relationship. And as a godly father, there's nothing wrong with showing compassion. Listen, listen, I know you want your child to do great in school and do great things, but here's the thing. Even if they miss the mark, you have to be there. You have to be compassionate enough, watch this, to care for them enough to say, son, you, you do it again. If your child is taking the wrong turn in life, you have to be compassionate enough. Listen, sometimes we're so hard that we reject our children. I wish I had to learn that the hard way, y'all. I'm talking about a godly father. He's what? Compassionate. Listen, it's okay to be compassionate. It's okay to be kind-hearted. It's okay to be considerate. Listen, a godly man is compassionate. And he shows compassion. Paul is saying, listen, I want to know about you. I want to be, listen, I want to be encouraged because I want to know your condition. Can I ask you something? You know, and I know this may, this may not apply to you. When was the last time you checked on the condition of your child? No, no, listen, I know they live with you. 
But when was the last time you found out what was really going on with them? Where are they hurting? Amen. What, are they, what is their true condition? Do I have anybody? Y'all supposed to, y'all, oh, y'all getting quiet. I see what's happening here. <laughs> I, see what, I see what's happening. Amen. So as a father, we must show compassion, but we build strong, when we build compassion, we build stronger relationships. Paul says, I'm concerned. I want to learn about your condition, but listen, I just can't send anybody. I'm going to send Timothy. I'm going to send the best disciple that I have. Isn't that something? Wow, that's powerful. Look what he says next. He says, he says, verse 20, verse 20. He says, I have, oh, hello, somebody. I have no one else of what? Kindred spirit, watch this now, who will genuinely (laughs) be concerned Okay, so I know, I know you know the, I know we, you got to know the condition of your children, right? But are you genuinely concerned for them? I'm talking about fathers. <laughs> we already talked about mothers. We, we know mothers going to be concerned all anyways, right? I'm talking about daddy. And I'm not talking about you know, children using that compassion and care to manipulate to get what you want just because daddy's showing you a little compassion. But look what he says. He says, I have no one else. Now, you know what that word kindred spirit means? It means of the same mind. In other words, we think alike. Watch this now. The next thing I see, not only is he compassionate, but he's what? So he's more concerned about what? Others, supposed to be others, than himself. He's genuinely concerned. And I believe that this is a characteristic. Listen, do you know how much God loves you? Do you know how much God is concerned about you? Can I ask you something? Are you genuinely Concern about your children. As a godly father, do you stop? Do you pause? I know you made them. I know they're supposed to listen to you and all this. But are you genuinely concerned about them? Paul says, I have no, and listen, of the same mind. He says, I could send anyone, but Timothy, watch this. Paul was a great example to Timothy. And that's why Timothy had the same concern as Paul. Are y'all with me? They had the same mind. There's something about a, a, a spiritual father, amen, and a spiritual son. Come on, somebody. And when the spiritual father, when the son has the same mind as the spiritual father, what you find is, amen, that the son will go far in life. Do I have anybody? And if you are a spiritual son or daughter, you got to have the same mind as your daddy, kindred mind. That's what he says. He said he was concerned. 
He says, I have no one of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned for your what? Welfare. Now, here's the thing. That welfare thing is not welfare. <laughs> not food stamps. <laughs> the spiritual welfare of that child or that person or that family or that wife or that daughter or whatever the case may be. See, so a, a godly father, He's concerned about everyone in the home, everyone, but he shows it. He puts others before what? Himself. That's some kind of man, boy. That's some kind of man. Can I tell you something? I haven't always, I haven't always had that characteristic. And every now and then I find myself slipping back. But I thank God for the Holy Spirit that reminds me that it's not about you. Oh, I want to be a godly father, y'all. Come on, somebody. Look what he says next. He says, he says, verse 21, he says, for they all, man, I wonder who they are. They all, no, they all what? Seek after their own what? And not of what? Those of who? Paul. Give me the next point. Not only is he, is he concerned, but the next thing is he's committed to Christ. I want to tell you something. If it wasn't for Jesus... I wouldn't be the man that I am today. And I want to say to somebody here today, you know of Jesus, but you're not committed to Jesus. And that's why you have character inconsistencies. Oh, I wish I had you. That's why, and listen, and when I say a godly father, I'm saying a godly man because you can apply this stuff to every area of your life. He's committed to Christ, so he puts Christ before comfort. He puts who? Christ before what? Comfort. Watch this. All of us can seek after our own interests, but a godly father, understands without Christ at the head of my life, I can't make it. I can't survive. I can't do anything. Listen, Timothy stood out as a gem in the world of self-seekers. A godly father is more concerned about Christ than his own comfort. He leads he, he, he demonstrates Christ's likeness. He demonstrates Christ in his walk. He demonstrates Christ in his talk. Listen, he doesn't waver. He doesn't, listen, you can buy your child the world, but it still wouldn't help them if they don't know Jesus. Because we were born in sin, shaped in iniquity, amen. And, and listen, as fathers, I want to tell you something. If you start loving Jesus, your kids will start loving Jesus too. I'm not talking about loving church. I'm talking about loving Jesus. It's not about a religion. It's about relationship. 
And if you and I have a relationship with Christ, it will show in the way we treat our children, in the way we treat our wives, in the way we treat our employees or, or employer. It, it, it will show in every aspect of our lives. But the characteristic of a godly father, listen, the fact that he is what? Committed to Christ. And you know what that means? He takes up his cross. Amen. Daily. You know what else that means? He seeks first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know what that means? He knows I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He knows that I am a royal priesthood, that I am a child of the king. Listen, Christ is more than just a byword. It's a way of living. And we have an example. He knows something else. He knows that I can walk in his footsteps. What kind of man do you want to be? It's a good question. Anybody can make a baby. But it takes a real man to raise a child, doesn't it? And here's the thing, you cannot appreciate this if you don't know Jesus. Are you with me? Paul wanted them to receive the best, so he sent them the best. Listen, when you are in Christ, you're committed, watch this, to seeing his cause be done before yours. Isn't that something? God has a plan for all of you men. And everyone in this church today, but, but I'm speaking to men today. And that plan will never be realized if Christ isn't at the forefront of your life. Amen? This is a characteristic that he gives you. You know, it's all linked to the Holy Spirit, by the way. Look what he says in verse 22. He says, but you know... <laughs> His what? Proven. My, 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 my. Let me show you something about a godly father. Let me show you something else. Not only is he committed, not only is he concerned, back it up. Not only is he compassionate, not only does he care, but here's the next thing. Huh. He doesn't show up every other weekend. He shows up all the time says, you know his proven worth. You know what Timothy was? He was consistent. So you know what he did? He put character before conformity. His consistency for 10 years proves that he was a man of God. Amen. He worked on his character. Let me ask a question. How consistent are you in church? Men? Amen. Now, this is something we all desire to become. A man of God is consistent. I'm going to say it one more time. Let me see if I can make that plain. A man of God, turn to your name and say, a man of God is consistent. He doesn't hit or miss. He's consistent. He has a proven worth. 
He says, you know of his proven worth. Why? Because you saw him laboring with me. And here it is 10 years later, John Mark used to be with him, but guess what? He deserted them. But Paul says, this brother, this young man that I'm fathering, who left his father, and um, father, mother, and grandmother, I've been an example to him, and he now he displays this characteristic of what? Consistency. He doesn't hit and miss Bible study. He doesn't do that. You know why he doesn't do that? Because he understands that the only way that I'm going to become Christ-like is if I'm washed by the word. He knows what he needs. And as a man, you have to be consistent, gentlemen. That's why a lot of men start, but they don't finish well. Amen. But watch this now. Watch this now. The text says, but you know of his proven worth that he did what? He served with me in the what? In the furtherance of the what? Of the gospel. So not only is he consistent, but what else is he? He what? He cooperates. He puts cooperation before competition. He's not competing with the pastor. Because he knows he's a man. Come on, somebody. He knows who he is. He cooperates. What needs to be done? Honey, what needs to be done? Pastor, what needs to be done? At work, he says, sir, what needs to be done? He's not in competition. As men, we have this competitive what? Nature, right? But a godly man. Listen, I know, I know some fathers, right, that compete with their children. Oh, I don't think you're hearing me. They have grown children, and they're competing with them, trying to outdo their own children. I've seen this with my own eyes. But he is what? He cooperates. Listen, they are working for one cause. Fathers, you have to teach your children that the cause that we're working for is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's our duty. Amen? And lastly, he says, he served in the furtherance of the gospel. Man, look at this. Like a what? Like a child. Let me ask you a question. Does your children follow you? Amen. And listen, we may not have the whole list down, okay? You know, you know this is stuff we got to work on. Men, young men, if you're not a father yet, listen, start asking God to help you to develop these characteristics. And watch what he does. All you got to do is ask. The last thing that he is, he's courageous. So he puts what? Service before security. He's more interested in serving God. You know what? I thank God for saving me. 
Because here's the reason why. My children was very, very young when, we, when I got saved. They would not be serving Christ today. The story would have been written differently. Amen. But thank God. I didn't know what the future was going to hold. I didn't know that my influence on them being in Christ would change their lives. But basically, we have changed a generation. And as a spiritual father of this church, I want to say this. We're changing generations now. This is why the pastor has to live what he preaches. Uh Uh-oh, don't let me start on that. He can't tell you one thing and then live something different. My job here is to serve you. And I pray as I serve you that you will go serve somebody else. And we pass it on. And so these characteristics is something as men as women, as people of God, that we should all desire. Number one, the characteristics of a godly father. Number one, he what? He cares. Number two, number three, number four, to Christ, not just committed. Number five, he's consistent. Number six, number seven, he's courageous. You know who else is courageous in scripture? Joshua. Joshua says, as for me and my house. What did he he say they were going to do, y'all? Listen, let me just say this real quick, okay? If you get up to go to church, And nobody else is paying rent in your house? Let me me see. Let me me rewind that for a minute. If you get up to go to church and nobody else is paying rent in your house, except for the dog, if I could bring my dog, I probably would bring them. Have a little dog section in the church, you know? (laughs) <laughs> you see what I'm saying? There'd be some Christian dogs. <laughs> they're gonna be they start confessing the Lord Jesus everything. <laughs> I promise you, it man, I promise you. So if you get up, listen, man, stop hitting the middle. Be consistent, will you? It's time for you this Father's Day. If I leave you with anything, right? You know. I know you came to church today, but I pray that today would be different than any other day. That you would make a, 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 a pact with God, a commitment to God, to say, God, I want to be consistent. Not just, listen, not just to the church, but to you. And my church just provides what I need. 
And then teach me how to serve God. Teach me how to serve others. You know, the greatest feeling you'll ever get is when you can put a smile on somebody else's face. That's what service is all about. As I close today, I say this. Many of us are working hard at the Christian life. Many are doing overtime efforts. Many are coming to church, reading the Bible, saying their prayers, and trying to do better. But they're all failing. All their efforts aren't working. They've made promises, commitments, and then recommitments. Hello, somebody. You know how people come back to recommit? These Christians aren't sincere. Watch this. I'm sorry. These Christians are sincere. They're honest, and they're doing their best. But the problem is that many Christians are often so focused on themselves that they're missing out on what God is really looking for. God's goal for us is simple. He wants us to conform to the image of Christ. Simple, but very hard. Today, if you're a man, a woman or whoever, a believer in Jesus Christ, or maybe you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, but maybe you say, Pastor, you know what? I want to develop. I'm going to take a hard look at myself. I'm going to look at the man in the mirror. I want to be like Timothy. I want to, I want to be able for God to say, I can trust you to carry out my service. I want to have these characteristics today. Not just for a man, for any one of us.